December 10th, 1861, Boston Daily Evening Transcript. The Salem Light Infantry marched in South Danvers yesterday afternoon, where Second Lieutenant Warner was presented with a sword by the school teachers of that town. First Lieutenant Albert Thorndike of Beverly was presented with one in that town last Saturday night. On the return of the company from South Denver last evening, Captain Deverell was presented with a sword, sash, and so forth at the armory. In the evening, the captain marched to North Salem where an elegant revolver was presented to Captain D, bearing the inscription, Captain C.U. Deverell from Citizens of North Salem. Captain Charles Deverell was wounded in action near Glendale, Virginia, and was discharged April 15, 1863 for wounds. First Lieutenant Albert Thorndike was wounded at the Battle of Antietam, Maryland, September 17, 1862. He resigned on November 12, 1862 for reasons of wounds. Second Lieutenant George L. Warner was commissioned on December 9, 1861 and was killed in action on June 25, 1862 at Fair Oaks, Virginia. After Lincoln's Bull Run lesson, things did not go well for the Union. The Peninsula Campaign, also known as the Seven Days Battle, where General George Britton McClellan is doing nothing but retreating and complaining and is in tight contention to be the worst general in the Civil War. Gideon Wells, Secretary of the Navy, was sitting in his office. Cold night, drizzly. Things were gloomy. But Gideon Wells also knew, in reading battle reports and reading newspaper accounts, there were men and those defeats that perform very bravely. He also knew Americans are not supposed to brag on themselves. We're modest. And yet, these men who went forward when others were going back, who stood up when others refused to get off the ground, that these men should have a way to be recognized so that everyone would know that they had done some act that was very brave without that recipient saying a word. Now, podcasters, I'm going to admit something. I do not know when. I did not know about the Medal of Honor. There had to be a time My mom and dad, they weren't really into the military history. But somehow my brother and I knew about it. Didn't even think about it that sometimes there has to be a beginning. And that's the way it was in December of 1861. 
At that time, the United States did, have, did not have any medals. Medals were seen as European. Look at the paintings of European generals. You'll see medals all over. But Gideon Wells knew there had to be some way. And so he had a congressman in December 61 introduce a bill to authorize a Medal of Honor for the Navy and Marine Corps. And to receive the Medal of Honor, you had to perform gallantly in battle or other sailor-like qualities. Gideon Wells initiated the Medal of Honor, and then Secretary of War Staten, apparently, learning what Gideon Wells had done, got a congressman in February of 1862 to have them authorize a Medal of Honor for the Army. Again, for bravery in combat and soldierly-like conduct. Soldierly-like conduct. Now, as of today, 2018, July, 31st, 3,502 men have been recipients of the Medal of Honor. I'm going to say that again. 3,502 Medals of Honor have been awarded. Now, I want you to notice there's a word I did not use, and that word is win. One. You do not win a Medal of Honor. You win the Super Bowl. You win the World Series. You win a track meet. You win an Oscar. You are awarded a Medal of Honor. You do not win a Purple Heart. You do not win a Silver Star. Now, I believe this word win, win, not W-H, but W-I, is because in America, we're so much into competition in sports, everything has to be won. Not the Medal of Honor, not the Silver Star, not the Navy Cross. If you received it, you are the recipient of it. Now, when the Civil War Medal of Honor was awarded, they're going to be awarded to men for things that you would not get them for now. Now, I want to just mention these. Now, in many of these lectures, anytime you're talking about history, you could go down many roads at the same time, and you have to do it one at a time. And so, many Medals of Honor were awarded for such things as a three-month regiment serving in Washington, D.C. in July of 1863 was time to get out. They were going to go home and be discharged, and General Lee invaded Pennsylvania. This would lead to the Battle of Gettysburg. Everyone was panicking. And so, Secretary of War asked men to stay behind while Lee was in Pennsylvania, just in case. Most went home. 
but about 300 of them in the 27th Maine remained there. They were going to be there for about three or four days, never get shot at, and go home. We do not know if they were promised a Medal of Honor if they stayed. Nobody was taking notes. But Staten wanted to reward these men. The problem was no one had written down their names. They knew the names of the 27th Maine, but not the 300 or so that stayed. And so, just to be safe, they awarded Medals of Honor to over 800 men in the 27th Maine. The men who guarded Lincoln's coffin were each awarded a Medal of Honor. Now, I don't want to forget that those medals are going to be taken away from them prior to the Spanish-American War in 1898. When he bored, and I don't know who they were, but they all had received the Medal of Honor, went through every single citation and purged the ones they did not think lived up to the standards of what they wanted the Medal of Honor to be. Had a very good friend named Bobby Nyman. Bobby was his nickname. He was Robert. And we talked about Civil War. We talked about World War II. We talked about Huey Pierce Long of Louisiana, the Dixie Dictator. We talked history. And we both agreed with this. They should never have taken those medals away from them. They received very rude letters ordering them never, ever to wear that medal again. And the reason my friend Bobby and I decided this was because none of those people asked for a Medal of Honor. They probably didn't even know there was a Medal of Honor. But that's what they did. So many of them are going to have their medals purged. And yet the ones that are still there, some of you would probably wonder why they deserved a Medal of Honor. Well, before I tell you, remember, you had to been there. I did not count when I read citations of Civil War Medal of Honor recipients. How many were awarded a Medal of Honor for capturing a Confederate flag? But in reading and researching, I will safely say more soldiers were awarded a Medal of Honor in the Union Army for capturing a Confederate flag than any other single reason. Why? I tried to get a hold of this and try to get it across to my students that when I taught the Battle of Antietam and had the battle lines up on the board and had my laser pointer, and by the way, since this is learning, the Battle of Antietam, September 17, 1862, was the bloodiest day in American history. The Civil War is the bloodiest war in American history. But in the bloodiest day, in the bloodiest single day battle, and when I say that, Gettysburg, three days, was the bloodiest battle. Antietam, one day, was the bloodiest single day. So this is where I'm going, podcasters. In the bloodiest single day, in that battle, there were three phases. 
Miller's cornfield was the initial phase, and then the Bloody Road, and then Burnside's Bridge. So when I taught, I did each one of those actions. And then Miller's cornfield, back and forth, back and forth, for hours, back and forth, the fighting went. Not a stalk of corn was left standing, and they were dead and wounded everywhere. And to get across to the students how bloody that cornfield was, I went into class with a copy of the first Texas battle report for Antietam, which they called Sharpsburg. I read them one sentence. We entered the engagement with 274 men, officers, field, and staff alike, and left the engagement with 44. Do not hold me on those numbers, but that is very close to what those actual numbers were. In one sentence, he reported losing 85% of his command. I want to tell you something. Do those numbers mean anything? They entered the engagement with, what, 272 men, officers, field, and staff alike? What does that mean? So I always added this. One year before the Battle of Antietam, the 1st Texas had nearly 1,000 men. One year later, they're down to less than 300. Now they're down to less than 100. And they will still be there in April 65 when Lee surrenders at Appomattox. And the reason is, unlike now, when you go down and enlist in the Marine Corps or the Army, you then go off to boot camp. In the Civil War, you sent men home from your regiment and they recruited for that regiment. They'll still be there. Hood's Texas Brigade was the most famous infantry unit of the Texans in the Civil War. Outstanding history by Colonel Harold Simpson. Now this is what I did with one summer class. I read them that sentence. We entered the engagement with, and then I showed them, I held up the pages. Again, don't hold me, there were at least three pages about this battle report. Three pages, I read one sentence. I had made a copy for each student. I passed them out and I told them this. Read the rest of that battle report. Because I'm going to ask you on the test, after spending one sentence on losing 85% of the men, what did he talk about for the other two pages? And I promised them, if they read it, they would think that would be the easiest question on that test. Well, I'm not going to make you go get the battle report. I'm not going to give you a test, so I'm going to tell you. The rest of that battle report was trying to explain how they came out of that cornfield without their battle flag. And the lieutenant colonel said, I saw Colabera go down. I saw another one shot down. Had we known that we did not have that flag, we, not, we would have not left that cornfield. Battle flags, and I call them battle flags because they went into battle. They were the heart and the soul of those regiments. They were also used for signals. 
And again, I can't really explain why more medals of honor were given, and I'm talking about in some cases just picking a battle flag up off the ground. That's the way it was, podcasters. That's the way it was. But there were those that performed gallantly. You can go to the Medal of Honor site. You can look at the Civil War Medal of Honor recipients and read what the citations are. They're normally just going to be one sentence and when the medal was given. Today, July 30th, 2018, there are 3,502 Medal of Honors have been awarded. That Civil War, all the way through the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. But as of today, there are only 72 living recipients of the Medal of Honor. Have you ever met someone and you told someone that individual is one in a million? You need a calculator? If you ever meet a Medal of Honor recipient, and I will brag, I'm not bragging, it's just a fact. I've had the privilege of meeting five of them. If you meet a Medal of Honor recipient, you've not met one in a million. You have met one in 320 million. What are the odds, podcasters? What are the odds? In Vietnam, the Marine Corps, approximately 70% of the Marines who were awarded a Medal of Honor for combat bravery were killed in the act. But in the Civil War, the very beginning, that was not always true. When you're learning ING, things don't always make sense. You can go to the Medal of Honor site, look at Civil War recipients, and you will see the date the citation is about, Bull Run, for example, and when they got the medal. In many cases, I've said three or four times, it would be in the 1890s. But once in a while, you'll find one that was awarded during the Civil War. I'm not going through a lot. But if you were in class, and you're not, but I wish you were, I would hand out a lecture guide. And on the lecture guide, what you would see, Medal of Honor, and you would see a name, Milton Holland. And of course, being good students, they know, okay, I'm going to ask them something about Milton Holland. Let's see if you could remember this. Milton Holland was the first Texan awarded a Medal of Honor. One day I was teaching about Milton Holland, and I said, he was from Carthage, Texas. He was a runaway slave. He joined a Union Army, and in a battle in 1864, when all the officers and enlisted men had been killed or wounded, he grabbed the flag and led the men to victory. 
after that one class, a young black girl came up and said that Milton Holland had not run away. He was given his freedom by his father on his 21st birthday. And the next class, it happened to be a Tuesday-Thursday class, she brought a Carthage newspaper where they'd done a great article on him. That's the first Texan awarded the Medal of Honor. The next one, Willie Johnston. Willie Johnston is the youngest recipient of the Medal of Honor. He was 11 years old. If you look at his citation, all you will see is not found. All they know, he was awarded the Medal of Honor by Secretary of War Staten just before the war ended in 1865. In reading about this, I read that Lincoln had noticed Willie Johnston's name in a newspaper, apparently, and that he was in a Vermont infantry unit, drummer boy, and in the Seven Days Battles, when Union armies mainly retreating, most drummer boys threw away their drums because you can run faster without a drum. But Willie Johnston kept his, and he kept banging on that drum. And Lincoln suggested to Mr. Staten that Willie should be given the Medal of Honor. And Secretary of War Staten awarded Willie Johnston one just before the war ended in 1865, and he is the youngest recipient of the Medal of Honor. The next name you're going to see on there is Tom Custer. Tom Custer was the brother of George Armstrong Custer. They would die next to each other at the Battle of the Little Bighorn in 1876. Tom Custer is the first American to be awarded two Medals of Honor. I'm going to say that again. Two Medals of Honor. Look at his citations, and he deserved them. Now, having read about his brother George in the Civil War, George also should have been awarded a Medal of Honor, but he wasn't, but Tom was. Nineteen soldiers and Marines have been awarded two Medals of Honor. Nineteen. For some reason, Congress in his wisdom, wisdom, Following the First World War, which ended in 1918, sometime in the 20s, passed a law, if that's what the right word is, that no one could ever be awarded more than one Medal of Honor. I'm going to say that again. No one could be awarded more than one Medal of Honor. Can I ask why? What if the NFL, the commissioner, came out with a rule that only one Super Bowl winner, you could never win a second Super Bowl, you could never win a second World Series. Please tell me why Congress would only allow one Medal of Honor. But they did it. They did it. The reason for the Medal of Honor evolved. And so that's the origin of the Medal of Honor. 
But what I also want to do is talk about it now. Somewhere, sometime before the Second World War, they got more specific on the requirements. And when I introduced the Medal of Honor in class, this is the way I would do it. What is the Medal of Honor awarded for? A hand may go up. Bravery. And I would tell that individual, bravery comes with a uniform. You look at men in battle. Go to your war movies. Go to Saving Private Ryan. And you tell me who wasn't brave on that beach. Again, bravery comes with a uniform. What's the Medal of Honor awarded for? Well, without further ado, I'm going to tell you. Prior to the Second World War, they came up with this. Bravery above and beyond the call of duty. I'm going to say that again, podcasters. Bravery above and beyond the call of duty. They would write it down. And they would ask this question. How do you know that when you see it? How do you know that when you see it? And so this is what I came up with. And podcasters, I don't remember if I read this years ago or I just came up with it. But I will tell you this is bravery above and beyond the call of duty. How do you know it when you see it? It has to be an act that is so life-threatening. No one would think less of you if you did not do it. Podcasters. Sometime, go to the Medal of Honor site. I'm going to give you a name. Jack Lucas. L-U-C-A-S. Read what he did on Iwo Jima. And you will actually see him explaining what he did on Iwo Jima. He was the youngest recipient of the Medal of Honor since Willie Johnston. He enlisted in the Marine Corps when he was 14. 14. Lied about his age. Told me he was 17. Forged his mother's permission ceremony, uh, signature on permission. Iwo Jima, the bloodiest battle in Marine Corps history, began in February of 1945. I believe it was 26 Medals of Honor were awarded Marines there. And the Secretary of the Navy said, uncommon valor was a common virtue. Go to the site, look Jack Lucas, and let him talk to you and see what he looked like. How do you know it if you see it? No one would think less. Another, and I use an example, Robert O'Malley, another Marine. I met O'Malley. Some years ago, when they were going to rename part of the National Guard Armory in Kilgore, Texas, for the Medal of Honor recipient, Sergeant James M. Logan, I was drafted and given the talk, and there were five men sitting there, each with a Medal of Honor around their neck. At the break, I walked out 
and I saw one of the Medal of Honor recipients with a Marine Corps cap on. I had mine on. I looked at him and I knew who he was. I said, simplify, Robert O'Malley. He said, simplify. He was the first Marine in Vietnam to be awarded the Medal of Honor and still be alive to get it. I paraphrase what he did. On Operation Starlight, August of 1965, when his squad was pinned down by Viet Cong fire, he charged across a rice paddy, jumped into a trench, and killed six of the enemy, moved to an exposed position to draw the enemy fire toward him and away from his men, wounded three times, he refused medical evacuation until all of his men had been evacuated. Because he and I were the only Marines at that National Guard armory that day, he asked me if I'd like to go up and have some whiskey with him. And how do you say no? And there we sat in his motel room and him pouring me some Jack Daniels in a plastic cup and the Medal of Honor dangling around his neck. Would you have thought less of Sergeant O'Malley had he not done that? No. In the Marine Corps, when I was in, this is what we were told. We were not told this by an officer. This is what privates came up with. That to get the Medal of Honor, it has to be an act that is so brave, like Sergeant O'Malley, Jack Lucas, that the Medal of Honor Review Board, whoever they are, has to award you that. Somewhere, I was told by people who probably do not know that when that board sees that a Medal of Honor has been asked for a certain individual, their assumption is, I don't care what he did, he's not getting it. And it has to be so overwhelming, you have to present it. And the reason I say this, go to the computer and look up Navy Cross Awards for Vietnam. And you read those citations and tell me why those aren't medals of honor. Did a woman ever get the Medal of Honor? Yes. Her name was Mary Walker. Again, you can go to the computer, look her up, you can see a photograph of her, and she will have that Medal of Honor on. Now, I have to say this carefully. That Medal of Honor was taken away from her when they purged the Medal of Honors. And the reason is, the Medal of Honor is a military award and she was a civilian, she was a doctor. It would be like awarding the Super Bowl trophy to the New York Yankees when they won the World Series. They gave it back to her, and by the way, Mary Walker got that letter about taking that Medal of Honor off and everywhere at the end. And she wore that Medal of Honor for the rest of her life and was buried with it. That medal was awarded her again, and I forget who the president was in Congress, so she is now the only female recipient of the Medal of Honor. I made one young lady very 
because I used the wrong word. Have you ever done that podcast? Have you ever used the wrong word? I said she didn't deserve it. Oh my goodness. Wrong word. What I should have said is they should have given her another medal. The highest medal awarded to a civilian. It's worn around the neck, just like the Medal of Honor, and it's the Medal of Freedom. Being a civilian, that's the one I believe she should have gotten. But no one asked me. So she is the only female awarded the Medal of Honor, and if you get on Jeopardy, you get that one right when they ask it, because I bet they ask it sometime. Now, because this is the Civil War in America, how many does it take to tango two? We have the Union and the Confederates. Did the Confederates have a Medal of Honor? Uh, no, but they wanted one. The problem with the Confederate Medal of Honor is the precious metal was too few to make them. And so what the Confederates came up with was a roll of honor. If you can't understand me, R-O-L-L. And to be placed upon the roll of honor, each regiment after a victory would vote on the men whose names should be placed on the roll of honor. And if you look at my book, Ector's Texas Brigade, E-C-T-O-R, after battles, you will see the list of men who were placed upon the roll of honor. And I will tell you, there were some units that didn't want to do that. They did not think you should be voted on. And the theme was that when the war was over and they got the precious medals to make the medals, medals would be sent to the men whose names were on the roll of honor. Well, the best laid plans didn't work out. But then in the 1890s comes along the United Daughters of the Confederacy. And this is the way I put it. They believed if you'd been in the Confederate Army, by God, you deserved a Medal of Valor. So they came up with a Cross of Honor. Again, go on the Internet, you can see these. And if you were in the Confederate Army, did not deserve anything like that, then you would receive one of them. Another thing, they continued that. And the Daughters of the Confederacy now will award a cross of honor, a war cross, to anyone who's been in the military during time of war who is a direct descendant of a Confederate soldier. I have one. I was awarded one oh, many years ago in San Antonio by the Daughters of the Confederacy. I had to prove that I was a direct descendant of a Confederate soldier, a private by the name of John Henson, who served in the 26th Texas Cavalry. And when I was awarded this medal, there was a young man there who was awarded one for his grandfather who had been in World War II and his father who had been in Vietnam but was deceased. You can look these up on the internet too. And for Vietnam, it has the Vietnam Service Medal ribbon, which is yellow and red, which is the South Vietnamese flag. And on the back is a number. And my number is 2676. I was instructed that no one but myself could ever wear this medal. And when I'm no longer here, I pass it down to my son and my daughter, and they can't wear it, 
and if for whatever reason they don't want it, they are to send it back to the United Daughters of the Confederacy. And that that number is kept on a roll, as are all of the others, so that my name would always be identified with this medal. The Medal of Honor, Civil War. Hopefully, you know a little bit more about the Medal of Honor than you did before. Now, as we do this First World War, excuse me, chronological order, out of order, Spanish-American War, First World War, Second World War, Vietnam, I will mention other Medal of Honor recipients. And so, hopefully, you're ready for Jeopardy and answer some questions about the Medal of Honor. And on the next podcast of Mr. Stroud's history class, we will continue with the Civil War. Have a great one, podcasters.